Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me busy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life for attention. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm good. So we are weirdly <laughs> in both in my flat. However, we're in separate rooms because I realized that I have no idea how to record a podcast in person. And isn't that mm-hmm. weird that we've got used so used to the online world, which I think relates to the book, OMG, yeah. Uh, that yeah hilarious so we haven't seen each other since July for my civil partnership which apparently it's not called a wedding it's called a formation love that oh so much sexier I should have made a bigger deal of that it wasn't in my formation very Beyonce yeah you should have played Beyonce yes (laughs) got in there first uh yes so we're in different rooms um we've tried not to catch up too much so we can catch up on here yeah Um, I just walked in uh went to the toilet and then sat in the living room away from you (laughs) so tell us what we're reading and what we're drinking okie dokie so we're reading Clara and the Sun which is the eighth novel by Nobel Prize winner Kazuo Ishiguro Um, I'll give you a quick lowdown and then I'll move on to the drink so this book was published in March this year he actually finished writing it just as the first lockdown began but I do think the feelings of like hope and worry and isolation and using technology a lot more and waiting for something to happen are quite appropriate for the general lockdown mood which is one of the reasons why I enjoyed this book so much. The story is narrated by Clara who is an artificial friend AF for short who exists in an imagined close future where advancements in technology are both the reason and response for the very anxious parents and the very sick uh, and lonely children that the artificial friends are sort of bought for. Uh, Clara is purchased for Josie who is a lifted child and we learn through the naive almost sort of childlike voice of Clara the nuances of this new world and I thought to wash this book down with we drink a tequila sunrise I mean, mainly because the clue is in the name, Sunrise, Clara and the Sun, tequila, Clara kind of works. Um, But also because, as we all know, tequila is the only alcohol that's an upper. And I do think that this book, while quite um, obviously riddled with anxieties, is quite, it's quite hopeful. Yeah. Is tequila really an upper? Well, I mean, it's what I tell myself when I'm drinking it. Yeah, doesn't I always end up in the same state? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it just feels a little bit better when you start. Um, no, I'd agree. I mean, when it, when you suggested the book though and said, "Oh, this is just really lovely story by a really lovely man," I was like, "Oh, great!" Then I started reading it, and it was pretty dystopian, mm. and it is pretty dystopian. But then mm-hmm. I just finished it today on the tube, and I totally got what you meant. I was by the end, it there was something quite uplifting about it in a weird way I mean obviously we can't ruin the ending but but when you get there the ending isn't particularly happy I mean in some ways it is in some ways it isn't but you do leave feeling 
good. And I think Tequila Sunrise is also, obviously it's on the nose because it's sun, but Mm -hmm. the image, the the importance of the sun in this book and the imagery of the sun and the colours, the sun's really important. The sun is, is basically has magical powers in this book and it's treated... yeah like yeah. a deity and mm-hmm. uh Clara refers to the sun as he so it's like mm-hmm. it's a person and the AFs the artificial friends they get their nourishment from the sun so they, I'm guessing on some level they're they're solar, solar powered, powered. Okay. <laughs> yeah 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 lord um yeah solar powered yeah the sun also becomes a motif and very very important as the story progresses um I'm glad you told me when it was written because on the tube I googled when was this written? And obviously it said it came out in 2021. I was like, no, no, more specifically, because it is mm-hmm. so related to the lockdown. But you started you started writing it before the lockdown. Yeah, so he so finished it, it just, just as, yeah. <laughs> Lucky thing. I mean, not that he needs any luck as a Nobel Prize winning <laughs> millions. Eighth, in, eighth novel. Uh, Nobel finally Prize got winner. his big break. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's just really interesting reading it and coming out of, well, where we are in this pandemic. Because, mm-hmm. like you say the kids learn fully online and that's part of the reason why they're so lonely and they have these what they call interaction parties sort of things yeah 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 yeah. where they bring these kids together to basically get them socialized like on mean girls because that's the only social contact that they really have which is really interesting because there's lots of discourse at the minute about what's going to happen to the forgotten generation I think that's overblown I hope it's overblown I think my opinion I mean we're getting away from the book straight away here but I think (laughs) obviously the impacts on kids are going to be huge in terms of potentially academically and um but I think that kids kids will know how to be social and I don't think that social media is ruining the ability to be social but I don't I I don't know if I'm being too optimistic controversial there um, I think I agree with you. I think children are so much more resilient than you give them credit for. Well, then they are widely given credit for. Like mm. most of them won't have, even know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> they won't have a clue. And then when they get to see the mates in the park again, that's going to be absolutely fine. Mm. And the ones that are older, this is perfect for them. They all socialize online anyway. It's just been an excuse to sit indoors and be on their phones for a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, that does sound pretty catastrophic. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, but I like to think it's anyway. not going to be as as <laughs> as bad as in my professional opinion as a as an <laughs> eminent scientist and sociologist. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> and then I guess the other really interesting thing about the book is this idea of being lifted, and mm. it took me ages to understand what it meant. But obviously, that's on purpose. But I did throughout I think I missed artificial friend I think I just saw AF and was like I guess it's artificial but they had it hadn't really been explained and then Mm -hmm. the lifted thing they keep talking about who's lifted and who isn't they don't really explain that until really towards the end I guess you're supposed to kind of get it but I'm not always brilliant at getting stuff before I'm told it Um, but the idea is that you can put your children through this process called lifting Mm -hmm. by which you improve their academic abilities uh, I'm guessing it costs a lot of money because Josie gets it, but her neighbour, Rick, who's naturally academically gifted, but not lifted. Oh, that right. Mm. He he isn't, he doesn't get lifted. <laughs> get lifted, the album by John Legend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my mind's going everywhere, dear. So yeah, it's this interesting social dynamic between Josie and Rick because Rick wants to, he's very, very talented at making drones, which in and of themselves are kind of like artificial 
intelligence yeah. in a way uh but he doesn't have the prospects that Josie has because he's not lifted however there is a risk that comes with being lifted I think mm-hmm. it's probably a small risk but uh without ruining anything Josie falls prey to this risk this medical risk of of being lifted yeah because I think essentially they're being genetically modified aren't they these kids yeah after they've been born yeah so it- I kind of got the impression that the the risk was more likely. I thought it was going to be, it was quite a common risk. What do you think? Yeah, but then there's just this general, everyone's doing it. It might be worse for you. It might be better for you kind of thing. Right. That, uh, yeah, I kind of just thought that that was part and parcel. I mean, you might be right. The only reason I thought it maybe wasn't such a huge risk is because of what happens to Josie's sister. I don't know. Either way, there's a risk. And and actually, maybe it's not about money because Rick's mother, they, they are like next door neighbours. You get the sense that Rick's house is nowhere near as nice, but yeah. it's kind of implied that the reason Rick isn't lifted is because... She makes a decision not to do it. Not to it's do a, it. it. Yeah, it was a decision that she made, not just financial. Yeah, yeah. So the, there's the kind of dynamic between Rick and Josie and the dynamic between the families. Uh, but yeah. what I think another thing that I found fascinating that as you mentioned it's told through this naive voice but also Mm -hmm. naive but also pretty perceptive yeah well she's sort of hailed as that amongst all so the novel starts out in the store where Clara is waiting to be purchased and out of all of the AFs she's sort of the second to newest model isn't she I think newer models are beginning to come out um but for her type, she's very observational, really perceptive, and she can sort of understand the dualities and nuances of emotion, human emotion. There's that moment at the very start, I don't think this spoils anything, but at the moment, at the very start, when she observes to a man and a woman outside of the shop, seeing each other, and they seem happy to see one another, and they hug, but the hug is so tightly, it looks almost painful. And the manager says to her, sometimes when you feel you know happiness to such an extreme level you also feel sadness and Mm. so she she's credited I mean it's lucky that we got it from Clara's perspective and not any of the other AFs um, because she's one of the more observational (laughs) friends Mm. I don't know if you've ever read anything else of Ishiguro's um, but this sort of very close future dystopia that's informed by technological advancements is quite like common of his like a common Mm -hmm. theme of his so there's this sort of level of authenticity to them where you like you can imagine that you know in the not too distant future there will be robots walking around hanging out but I think and and that's what I appreciate about his writing is that there's no explanation there's no like hi my name's Clara and my life is kind of crazy like I'm a robot and there are kids that are sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got to kind of keep up with it. And then eventually there becomes a point where we become more knowledgeable on the situation than Clara. Like yeah. we understand more what's happening than Clara does. And that's where I think the book is at its sort of strongest when we take over. And we, there's a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of waiting in this book, which is another theme that I think resonates particularly well with like the lockdown. We're all just waiting for something to change or something yeah. to happen and the difference is that Clara who isn't sentient even though she does understand emotions and she can pick up on the way that Josie's feeling she's not asked about waiting she you know she she will she's designed to just hang around and wait but yeah there becomes this point when we 
sort of realize the end or how it's going to end before she does and that is always going to look bleak in this reality but it doesn't stop it from being hopeful and uplifting yeah and 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 something about if it if it hadn't been told through Clara's perspective if we weren't if it wasn't in first person and and also the narrative starts with all of this has happened and I'm going to tell you about it so you already know that she's kind of reflecting on her experience and piecing the, mm-hmm. th- the memories together and what they mean but if it, if it hadn't been told through Clara's perspective I don't think it would have felt hopeful but mm. what I really liked about it is that I'm not usually into sort of sci-fi stuff I didn't even know this yeah. was sci-fi to be honest before I picked it up but I think there's a lot of books and films about artificial intelligence taking over and getting too intelligent and and there's actually there's some interesting parts of the book where some people do think that that's happening there's a really Mm. brilliant scene where they're outside the theater and they're not actually going to the theater but this this Karen comes out of the theater and says is this AF going to see this show because that's a waste of a seat this is these are expensive seats and Clara bless her was like she's just just like la 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 whatever but um we're on Clara's side fully well I was um oh yeah it's there's no sense in my opinion of like this impending takeover from the robot she's just this subservient but very sweet very like empathetic almost or she's desperately trying to be empathetic lovely little robot that serves its purpose and more more like on the wally side I would say definitely I love wally me oh so cute yeah it's more like that kind of feeling so I think like there are moments where the robots are mistreated by the humans. Yeah. And I thought that they were the most fascinating parts because she recalls this and she understands the sort of shift in attitudes towards her from different characters, but there's yeah. never any sadness. So you hold all of that like pity for her. Do you know what I mean? There's no Yes. It was oh god, like that was your... so clever. <laughs> Thanks. I was thinking I was thinking, what am I gonna say about this other than I like it? But like that is such a good point. Yeah, you feel sorry for it. She don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, because she can't in she can't in a way. But then she doesn't yeah. She does she does she give knows, a shit as much as yeah, she can. She, but she's so earnest. That might be the word. She's so earnest. Oh. It's really sincere and oh god, you know what I was thinking? I know she's I was like, I guess she's an aerobot, but I was like, I really want to take her on a night out. I would love to get Clara pissed. Yeah, because I think she's so sweet. And and I've I've known people like this in my life who are just so sweet. And I think it goes mm-hmm. one of two ways when you get them pissed. They either turn into monsters fair enough they've been bottling all up or they yes. just have the best night of their life and dance on the yeah. bar and I like to think that that would be Clara oh a hundred percent yeah so I'd I would want to take her I'm not very good at take her out in the daytime though it'd have to be like a day right yes yeah or we could go to some that we could go to Sweden or something where it's where it's light yeah. all night that'd be good <laughs> or go to California where at least she'll get supercharged during the day we'll just tell her a nap all day outside soak up, soak up that soul cal heat yeah and then she'll have a good six hours in her and you you know I, I, six hours is all I need bloody hell probably yeah. less than I was that. gonna say that's optimistic yeah. yeah I'm not a very visual person mm. even when I read books I think I've said this before and people are like eh, really I don't really get, I picture settings a little bit more than characters I'm not very good at picturing faces and I don't really care like I couldn't tell you what color Josie's hair is in my head which I think is probably Mm. a bit unusual because I think most people Mm -hmm. at least have an outline how did you picture Clara yeah I'm the same I don't really unless I get given specific almost like instructional details where it's like I have blonde hair and Mm -hmm. blue eyes whatever but there's this 
bit at the beginning where Josie likes her because she looks French. Yes, yeah. So, so tell me what you pictured when she a looked French. Black bob. <laughs> me too. A stripy shirt. Yeah, garlic around the neck and, and a baguette. A baguette. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you did you picture? Her, what shape did you picture? Her? Did you picture her like a human a human shape? Yes. Yeah, a human. So, have you did you ever watch that Channel Four program, Humans? Gemma Chan Gemma Chan a, I've yeah. seen I remember the poster because she's just so stunning she, and oh, her face is. was just billboarded all over London which is fabulous but no I didn't watch it well that very similar vibe so that's what I got so I think I got it wrong I think towards the end I started picturing more of a human but so I was picturing more of like an R2D2 with uh-huh. a little French bob, <laughs> a little sweep, like a sweeping side fringe, and a little bow. Because <laughs> I just didn't get it. Like when I first read it, to be honest, the first chapter, I was like, "Is this Toy Story? Like, what what's going on that on the shelf?" But I did- but she swings her legs like I know. But this is what I mean about not picturing stuff like. <laughs> And she became a little bit more humanized in my head, which I guess was the whole point. Uh, but yeah, and it, she, she had in my head, it's like not like an R2D2 She had a face, but it was more like a Lego head <laughs> with the little, you know, you could place the hair on the top. Sorry if you just heard my <laughs> WhatsApp. Yeah. So oh, I pictured a really so short, like knee height. Get- theme obviously is love familial love mainly and the sort of lengths that people will go to for for those that they love and I think one of the benefits of having this sort of childlike narration from Clara is that we get to see these examples these exhibitions of love for exactly what they are which is horrifying most of the time the decision to have Josie lifted is a result of love. Her mum wants her to, her parents want her to have the best out of life. But they take this huge risk and it doesn't pay off. And then the rest of the book is about trying to figure out how they're going to counteract that decision that they've made. Yeah. And from, from this perspective of Clara, you can, it's so easy. I think it's so telling of the human condition because I was reading it and thinking, well, I would never have taken that risk. I would never have done that thing, blah, 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 blah. But that's because of this detached, well, it's not detached, it's very close narration, but this sort of like misalignment, is that a word, of these yeah. two, of somebody, of something trying to perceive very like human emotions. And also the love that, Clara feels for Josie which yeah. is like immediate and all sort of well it's it's her sort of purpose isn't it for being and that kind of love I was fully on board for but it displays all of these flaws in Josie's character but it's interesting because Clara is unavoidably missing something that she's never gonna have and it's just I don't know it's just interesting to think about kind of what it means to be human and will that ever be able to be replicated by artificial intelligence? And it's, it's like for better or worse, like usually it's, it's robots are good for a bit and then they turn bad. Mm-hmm. Humans are humans. But here it's like, nobody's saying that Clara 
Clara is potentially the best character that mm-hmm. there is in this novel, but she she's not human and she'll never be human. Exactly. That's uh, the flaw for her. Whereas yeah, her, and she doesn't know, though. No, she doesn't know. And she doesn't care. Like, you know, it's not. Yeah, because she can't. Speaking point, because she is like a beacon of good, isn't she? She is all that is good Hopes. about that just makes this contrast to humans who naturally make mistakes and yeah. poor decisions mm. so much more stark and bleak. But I think it's just such a, again, I said this so much about Sally Rooney last week. I'm like, she's just such a clever writer. I think it's just so clever doing it in this way because there's a sort of a twist in the middle or maybe towards sort of- The same one I just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Which taken out of the context of the narration, if from a different character's perspective, a human character's perspective, we had that, this book would be a horror, but we just get this sort of- Innocent. Yes, innocent, smoothed, edged version of it. And it's like, Never Let Me Go with his other book that, well, one of his other eight books, also has this sort of dystopian near future. Well, the the idea with that one is that they are, the main character, Kathy H, is a clone. So humans are cloned and then these clones grow up and they go to a school and, and they have the same life experiences really as humans do. They feel the same things. They are humans. But then at a certain age, they begin donating their organs until they expire. So they're like farmed for their organs. And that's that sounds horrendous, doesn't it? But it's it does, still yeah. this very like love-filled, hopeful narrative. <laughs> I just think it's so clever. Yeah, <laughs> My I, hot I, take. I have never read or seen anything else by him. But have you seen mm. Old, the new M. Night Shyamalan film? No, but they, that's the one where they're on the beach, isn't it? And yeah. Age. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... I love not, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I know, even his shite. But not to... Uh, yeah, I mean, just worried that he might have done a bit of nicking there from the sounds of Never Let Me Go. Anyway, the, and the other thing about the innocence of Clara, Sarah's just eating a glass of cherry. I feel like... Can you is... just talk about how it's an in how it's being garnished? Oh yeah, so um, we'll pop this on Instagram. <laughs> so I've got myself the tall. We've got tall glasses. What are these called? Highball glasses. Um, oh, tumbler. Oh, tumbler. And then orange juice tequila. Was really excited to pour the grenadine in because on the on online, if you search it, it's this beautiful sunset. Poured it in. It just sort of went a little bit pink, but you can't. Just really made it a bit murky. Anything. Yeah, it looks like minging basically. But then I yeah. put. I garnished it with half a slice of orange and a glass of cherry. Didn't have a cocktail stick, so I used spaghetti. Isn't that ingenious? I think that's I think that's really genius. Mm, sorry if you can hear the metal straw, which is orange as well. Um, what oh, I was going to say was... It's a glass straw. You all right? It is a glass straw. Yeah, because uh, sustainability, oh. man. No, I know, but you said metal. Yeah. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, because it. sustainability... <laughs> I'm such a a brick Um, So Clara (laughs) Just when you think Right she's obviously intelligent by design So she probably knows everything in the world She'll she'll remind you of These little naiveties that she has And it's not just about emotion It's things like She has never seen where the sun sets before When she's in the storefront so oh, she's yeah, like, you know what? Clara's a bit of a flat earther, isn't she? She absolutely is. She really <laughs> is. We need On the night out, we need to get that out of her. Well, yeah, well, show her a globe. Although she'll probably not get in anywhere if she's knee height, like I thought she was. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so then when she goes to live with Josie and Fam, 
she mm. thinks she sees the sun sort of set behind this barn and she thinks that the sun goes to the barn to sleep and I just think that that's so cute and it reminds you oh hang on yeah she is she is just this little robot girl um who She's doesn't have a clue brain. I think that um one of the sort of issues that I had with it was that I I mean I keep calling it dystopian and then near future which I always think dystopian or any kind of like utopian just it's it's a parallel universe so right. it's not this universe it's a parallel one whereas I think this is meant to be this universe this planet just in a few years time like right 100 years time or something and if that was the case then there's these great advancements in technology but then also not enough like if there's actual mm. robots walking around and communicating and looking after children where's everyone's mobile phones like well they're called where's them, Alexa yeah she called the one small tiny issue I had but I think he was making a point but I think it was a bit heavy-handed is the fact that she calls the phones the oblongs yes because I'm like yeah. if she knows what everything else is and she's this intelligent she'll know what a phone is like she can say the word phone but I think that was his way of being like don't forget she's really innocent and I think the sun setting in the barn was such an amazing metaphor mm-hmm. for that or, or whatever indicator of that mm-hmm. but the oblong I was like how oh, yeah she knows it's a phone someone will have told her it's a phone and this is the thing so do they then all oh, sorry, sorry about the siren a... we live in London well, well you I do don't. You don't get this in Edinburgh horse and cabbage don't. mate <laughs> yeah they, I didn't know if they all referred to them as oblongs the humans oh did they well. I don't know that's what I, I no I don't think so right okay well this is the thing you know that she's got these sort of questions about things mm. surely Clara knows what Google is I don't know and or, or she can just be like babe what's yeah. this oblong you're holding she's like oh it's my phone because they talk about the oblongs all the time because she's does her online classes on the oblong so maybe it's mm. not a phone maybe it's an ipad or something but I've, yeah uh, maybe, and maybe legal would get involved if he, if he used the word ipad but you're right it's not as if it's hugely technologically advanced in other ways but maybe yeah. it's not a hundred years maybe it's and, it, and the thing is Ten. it is it does seem quite scarily possible which was a bit disconcerting um so maybe maybe that's why but no Take the point, take yeah. the point. Shall we email him? I think so. Kazuo. Yeah, this is something that I really look for. I don't know if you're the same. Um, I don't generally read sci-fi or fantasy. I like contemporary yeah. realist fiction. I like contemporary um, Sally Rooney fiction. <laughs> <laughs> same. Um <laughs> And I think the reason, and I've got this sort of almost obsession with authenticity in like, I've just finished a master's degree and I got called out on this quite a lot. Why am I so obsessed with the authentic? And I'm like, I just want to believe it. And they're like, why? You're literally reading something on sheets of paper. It doesn't matter if it's relatable to your experience or or not. Like, do you know what I mean? But I'm like, oh, I don't like reading about spaceships. I want to read about real people doing real things. And that's why I like his writing so much is because it's like, cheap way into sci-fi and again going back to this sort of innocent naive narration it's so authentic I think it almost like Sally Rooney in the way that she's really clean and economical and she cuts to the chase yeah um with her prose I feel like this sort of naive innocent way of writing yeah it's gentle it allows you into this authentic realization of a different future than the one that we're probably hoping to have without it being like a proper dystopian it's just filtered through clara and because clara is so special and so likable 
it makes yes. it she's like I'm gonna show you a little bit of sci-fi here and mm-hmm. I can I can deal with it I love Clara I really fucking love I Clara love her I love her I love her even more now that I'm imagining her as like a RTDT knee-high <laughs> sweeped fringed bobbed robot it's like you know in um, Fleabag when the sister gets a haircut she looks like a pencil that is a... that's kind of yeah that's the hair that is the hair that I'm thinking of this drink is going down a treat I'm really I'm surprised working on a, a steady two-day hangover and it's really giving me a, it's, it's lifting me yeah I'm not a tequila fan except when it's shots because it's fun so I love tequila I wasn't particularly looking forward to it but it's actually quite delicious it's 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 very much feels like one of the uh, cocktails that you'd get in in a Tenerife bar on the seafront which is yeah. my favorite kind of holiday anyway thoroughly recommend well done Nobel Prize well deserved babe we'll just email you about the oblong fix that in your next printing and you'll be smashing thanks Kazzy thanks Kaz speaking of Reddit I came across this story that had come out in the New York Times I didn't, I didn't come across it in the New York Times. I came across it on YouTube and apparently <laughs> it was big on Reddit. I've so, recently got a Reddit account, by the way. Oh, me? I've got one, but I, I feel like it's, it's, it, I don't quite belong in that space. And I don't know why. I don't know if I'm too old, too young, if I don't know enough about stuff, but I don't feel like I know my voice in Reddit. Mm, mm, <laughs> I'm not, to, I've yet to post anything in Reddit. Yeah. And I don't think I ever will. I'm just a silent no. observer. I'm a voyeur, but... It is fascinating. What a fascinating nook of the internet. It isn't. Do you, it's almost as if, I don't know if that's just where I've been looking, but this mm-hmm. people tend to be wittier on the whole. I don't know if that's the case across the whole of Reddit, but when I read Reddit posts, I'm like, this is good shit a lot of the time. Yeah, it, and it's, it's absolutely funny and interesting. So mm-hmm. anyway, I heard about this story on YouTube and I sent a voice note to Sarah saying, have you heard about this? And she said, yes, I think I have. And then you actually managed to read the New York Times or most mm-hmm. of it. I couldn't get through the paywall. Um, I did brief for a second, a brief second, consider subscribing to the New York Times and feeling like really good about myself. Then I was like, there's no way I'm going to read anything here. So t- give us an a- overview. Okie dokie. So a lady called Dawn. Dorland or something. Dawn Dorland, maybe it was Dor- 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 Dorson. Oh, whatever. Dawn- Imagine she was called Dawn Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> class. I had a PE teacher <laughs> called Colleen Collins. <laughs> I love names like that. She married like, into your, it. Your parents? Are, oh, did she? I like yeah. it when parents have done it. Like, banter. I think it's kind of baller to marry into it and change your name. That was her choice. Yeah, love that. Colleen Collins. Yes. So DD um, was D. double D. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> was a is a writer. Uh, from Boston, I believe. And after completing her, I want to say her MFA, she thought, what should I do next with my life? I know, I will donate a kidney. There wasn't a a waiting recipient of the kidney, but there is such a thing of just live, live organ donation. Obvious Um, next step, wouldn't you agree? Well, that's what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah, I'm going to donate my corneas, I think. Do you donate them, alive. (laughs) (laughs) Take my heart. (laughs) And she just thought, yep, keep this on ice and when someone comes along and takes it you just let me know because they need to thank me for the rest of their life <laughs> and you're welcome <laughs> yeah and then not satisfied with the just the pin badge that you get after being a live organ donator she set up a facebook group 
which is such huge us energy. Like, I yeah, hate, yeah. I, I didn't hate it, but I, you are immediately sort of, the way that this article is written, guess what I'm going to say? Very clever. Because oh. the opening paragraph, which I sent to Paul, it's just stunning because it's all about how wonderful this DD is, but it's so scathing, like the undertones. It says at the end that she signs her emails off, not with all best, not with sincerely, but kindly DD. Anyway, she donated this kidney. She wanted more recognition for it than she got. She felt like she deserved a fucking thank you party. Mm -hmm. And so she set up a Facebook group and she added all of her mates to it. And she posted in this Facebook group this letter that she'd written to the one day recipient of her kidney. Um, and basically she'd grown up in quite a, well, a, I was I would say a working class community, but she moved around a lot. She was basically lived in poverty and worked her ass off essentially to get to the point. Oh, wow. Had. I didn't actually know that. I think mm. I just assumed she was a, quite an affluent background so this, lady. This is where it gets like complicated because she is working class and like has had a, had a rough time of it. Right. And she realized that one of the people, well, a few of the people um, that she'd added to this Facebook group hadn't reacted to any of the posts, hadn't liked on anything, hadn't commented, hadn't sent her a bunch of flowers and a well done card. Um, With a kidney so on the front. She, yeah, kidney bean. Ultimate form of passive aggression, I would say. The... Lack of comments. Her, lack of, I think that that is just rude. Really, Absolutely really rude. rude. So she emailed one of these, one of the people that she noticed hadn't said anything. And Sonia, she's called, can't remember her surname either. She emailed this Sonia. She said, hi, Sonia, babes. How you doing? Like, long time no see. They were, she, Sonia was also, is also a writer. Ran sort of in, in similar circles and worked for an organization called Grubby Monkey, I think can't quite remember anyway some hip cool little chunky monkey chunky monkey isn't it a writing group there's so it's a writing group but then there's also an organization scrubby something scrubby anyway. grubby monkey chunk perfect that's that the one it. i think yeah that's, that's about right and they'd known each other through that sort of circuit and dawn considered her a close friend and she'd emailed this close friend and i said hey babes how you doing what's new blah 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 uh love you loads kindly dd P.S. Donated a kidney. Why the fuck haven't you said anything about it? <laughs> so then Sonia emailed back and she was like, hi, babe, I'm dead good. Just been writing loads and doing loads of wonderful things and well done on the kidney. I think that's tremendous. I think that's the word that she used. She did use the word tremendous. And the way that it was written was that's very cool. overly written. So overly written for an email, like the way that you would speak to a friend. But I guess they're right. I don't know. Proper Alice and Eileen energy. Yes, um, my God. <laughs> And then DD was a bit like, sorry, I know it's tremendous. I need, I need more, more than please. that, but whatever. Anyway, fast forward a year on the Facebook page, still lacking the recognition that she so longed for and so deserved. Dawn posted, oh, I, I cut myself off earlier. She'd written this letter to the one day recipient of the kidney. And it said in this letter, having grown up with next to nothing, I am not sort of shrouded in pity, but I am an empath. And therefore even though I knew that giving this kidney was going to cause me pain um, and my recovery might be difficult and, you know, I'm going to have to lead a one kidneyed life. <laughs> I just thought of you. You helped me through. Your pain and your suffering is worth my pain and my suffering. Jesus. And then she posted 
right it's mental and then she posted this letter on the facebook group fast forward a year somebody comments on the facebook page and they tag sons and they say oh my god just read something of sonia's dd it's about a woman who donates a kidney is this based on you and dom's like pardon she emails sonia again and she's like am i the inspiration for this story sonia replies and she's like kind of but also it's not about you hon not everything's about you and your fucking kidney Mm. but it's all very and immediately apparently this email is like quite standoffish and then essentially this story that sonia has written and has had what was in sort of the works of being published is about a Chinese American woman who appears in all of Sonia's stories in one sort of formation or another and in this story she's an alcoholic and she gets into a car crash and she needs a kidney donation and everybody thinks in this character's life everyone thinks that this character is going to have this receive this kidney and then suddenly be so much more grateful and just consider it and the alcoholism is going to go away and she's not going to be flawed anymore and it's she's going to be great and perfect or whatever and the woman that donates the kidney is a white middle class american woman and wants thanks for the kidney do you know what she was called in the first draft no dawn oh dawn dawn yeah dawn I she'll call dawn mm. and then basically what's happened is dd's been like uh i am not comfortable with this i think i might sue sonia said you don't own everything just because you're a white woman mm-hmm. not everything by default belongs to Taking you my he story didn't, he didn't create kidney donation <laughs> dd <laughs> Um, <laughs> you weren't the founding kidney donator. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's all gotten a bit out of hand. But Sonia's actually countersuing for defamation because Dawn got in touch with everybody that was planning on publishing the piece and said, if you publish this piece, I will sue the shit out of you because it's libel and it's plagiarism. Like it's, she's plagiarized by life. Sonia's going, it was never about you. It's nothing to do with you, blah, 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 blah. And essentially it can't, oh my God, hey, yeah. <gasps> Michael's just walked in. We've not seen Michael since July. You can hug him. Really, can I? <laughs> I can hug you. <laughs> How wholesome is this? Fabulous. She's got a real nice tan. I'm keeping that in the podcast. Been on the sunny bees. Oh, they haven't got the headphones on. <laughs> I'm back. I can't remember what I was saying. So yeah, Sonia said it's absolutely nothing to do with you, Dawn. Get a grip. And also, if you carry on telling publishers that I have committed plagiarism, I'm going to sue you for being racist. <sighs> really want to sue <laughs> someone. Oh God, I'd be so bad at it. <laughs> um, and then the article was published and it well, the piece was published, but it was behind a paywall. And Dee mm-hmm. was like, I'm not going to read it because at this point she didn't really understand how um, much it was based on her and her life. <laughs> and she was like, Sonia doesn't want me to read it, so I'm not going to read it. Anyway, the paywall was removed. She didn't want to she... fucking pay for it. That's what it was. I'm going to be really nice and not read this. She just didn't want to read it because of the Yeah, because $5. she's saving her money for legal fees. Yeah. Um, and she read it and was like, holy, holy, holy hell, this is me. And then she, also, she then found an earlier version where the letter that was posted on the Facebook page was verbatim ripped off and put in this piece. Love and it. That is essentially where I got up to. But the piece is called, the New York Times piece is called 
it, who is the bad art friend? Is that yeah. it? Who is the bad art friend or which, which is the bad art friend? Because the argument is, should artists be able to rip off people's lives or should they exclusively write about themselves and their own experiences? Yeah, I mean, a huge question. I mm. think in this situation, what, when we were chatting about it, what I think is fascinating is legally, I think Double D's got a case mm. but morally it might be different I think the issue is she did rip off the letter and I don't know if you have I, does that become your intellectual property if you just post a letter on Facebook or is because it's not public anyway yeah. she did she did let she did rip that off and I don't think that's on she could have she could have changed that a bit and she didn't need to call her dawn in the first draft um and the other thing is what was oh, my favorite part of the story is that they subpoenaed the whatsapp messages so they were in she so Sonia was in a whatsapp group ripping the shit out of dawn being like what an absolute Karen like this is ridiculous why is she going on about this kidney donation and then sending emails to dawn saying oh I think it's tremendous what you're doing oh that is so, that was painful to read yeah, that bit. I mean, you do get like a transcript of some of the WhatsApp group, and it's yeah. just Sonia being I mean, like it's caught red-handed. Yeah, we all bloody do it. No, I know, but that's the that's the funny thing. So Sonia wasn't being fully truthful at dawn, as she shouldn't be. Like you don't mm-hmm. owe anybody, you don't owe anybody of the truth. You probably do, but yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't mind. Technically, that. you don't. No, you don't. But maybe legally. But mm. I mean, I did not. I didn't know that was a thing. I knew that like if you murdered someone, then they could look at your phone and stuff. But I didn't realize that if you were writing a story about kidney donation and making fun of a Karen they were they're allowed to get your whatsapp yeah. messages I that's a bit much isn't it secured the rights to her property and it's not just her had a warrant and yeah it's really it's all of me yeah which is just mad the thought of if you were I mean I would I don't want my whatsapp messages subpoenaed let's put it that way it, mm, me that I love saying sued. the word subpoena by the way it's a good it's a penis almost got penis in it yeah you yeah, yeah, she's being sued I think the total had gone up to like 50 Fifteen thousand dollars, maybe, because it was at first so it up for five thousand, then it was ten thousand, then it was fifteen thousand, and then all of the people that said that they were going to publish the piece, she was threatening to sue them for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a piece as well. Sonia made gross total for that piece four hundred and twenty-five dollars. So could she have saved herself quite a lot of ag? <laughs> She probably could have, but that doesn't answer the moral question of are we allowed to rip other people's lives off? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because I've said that loads today. It's interesting because clever. I thought about this in books because if you only write about your own experience, boring. Imagine if I was writing fully about You've just gay book. men. Yeah, exactly. But is it that the protagonist should be someone who's lived experience that you have, but then? Obviously, Kazuo was writing about a little robot girl. and mm. I mean, but writing the, a female perspective. Um, mm. And if you want your books to be diverse, then how do you do that authentically? And, um, you know, just adding, adding a black character for the sake of it obviously isn't mm-hmm. true diversity. But then how do you represent a black character when you haven't had that experience or a mm-hmm. queer character or whatever? So it's interesting. Well, it's like the issue with Sally Rooney. <laughs> yeah, that she, like, she writes exclusively about... Um, Sally Rooney. White. Yeah, Sally Rooney's. Just an army of <laughs> Sally Rooney's. Because Sit. I think <laughs> Yeah, I want to be part of it. Um during my course, I was written about. Ooh, <laughs> my I life was written that about. One. And I was furious. But also I can't I, it's not in any way my choice. It's not like I understood yeah. from the off. It's not my just you know, she the person that wrote that story can write 
whatever they want. Yeah, it's like what is where are you covered legally? Where, like a really good point that Sonia made in this sort yeah. of like counter argument was that the character who donated the kidney in her story essentially was a like a Karen, like a yeah. complete victim. What's the word? Like victim complex, like um, <laughs> unbearable white woman. So mm-hmm. then her point was, why are you so desperate to find the similarities between like you and this character that I've written? Do you not realise how much you par in yourself there? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a bit disingenuous like this, to say, well, what do you mean? You, it's not like you? Because yeah. it, but if you say it is like you, she's a dick. So do you want to be yeah. a dick? It's a bit like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't exactly. know if that would hold up in court. But no, it is interesting. Oh, my God, I need to stop saying that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the the problem was that she was ripping off the kidney story so obviously and using her actual words. That was, in my mind, that was the problem. Why couldn't she have picked a different organ? Yeah, come on. That is every problem averted, Ben. Different organ, different name. It could have been a spleen. It could have been a lung. It could have been a foot. What can you donate that you won't die without other than a kidney? Um, I think you could probably live with one lung, but I don't think they'd let you donate one and, and, I don't know. And just have it on ice waiting for someone to... Yeah. That's a good question. Mm. How many kidneys do you have too? Yes. Mm. You've only got one you need, liver. You need all of that as well. I wish I had Although two livers. Are... My life would be oh, better. I'd substitute a kidney for a liver. Oh my God, do me too. you can do that? <gasps> that's, that's in, th- that might happen in the future. That might be the next Kazuo. Yeah. Never let me go take part two. Never let I... my kidney go except if you're swapping it for a lung. <laughs> but I mean the irony of this whole thing is the whole world is bloody talking about this kidney which I guess is what yeah. she wanted but I think when she, I don't know if she approached the New York Times maybe not but I think she thought that it was going to be a story that was fully on her side and then it's all of these moral ambiguities and and actually there's a lot you can see from Sonia's side and so I don't think Dawn ex- expected it to backfire no. And has okay. it backfired? They're both probably more famous. They're both published writers. Maybe mm. it'll be good for them. And maybe it'll be like parodied on SNL or something. And I mean, that kind of attention, I'm, I'm fine with. All press is good press. Yeah, that's attention. So it's, that is, that is mm. writing for attention and I, and I respect it. Have you done any attention seeking in sort of book form recently? Mm, I was quite attention seeking today. Actually, this leads us very nicely onto our book for next week. Yeah. So, uh, as you know, we, we discussed last week that I'm on a Kindle and I have been thinking about that quite a lot. And I've realized, I knew, you know what? I knew I'd I know, planted I know. the seed of doubt so, there. It, there is just something really not, not me about that. So mm. I went into Foils on Charing Cross Road and was sort of perusing all the books, looking for our next one for next week and bought two books, both signed copies. And I was like to the guy, are these more expensive? He's like, no. I was like, great. I hope they get really famous. I can sell them. Mm. Um, <laughs> but just the way that I was sauntering around, I was picking up books and reading the blurb, mm. but not actually reading it and kind of looking at fit people around the store and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I bought the an book, oat flat white. Yeah, yeah, I may as well have been. Uh, and then when I bought the books, because I went for lunch with Michael and I sort of carried them around Soho for a little bit in my arm. Oh. I, had a, I had a bag. Oh my God, you're like, a, <laughs> do you know what that is always like reminiscent of for me, even though I've never been one of those people. What? It's like a, a college student at an Ivy League walking through like a, a campus during fall 
holding your books well that's exactly what I felt like to be honest yeah. it was I, I, and I had the <clears throat> I was covering most of the title so that it wasn't really obvious what I was doing but I wanted people to sort of think "Ooh, isn't he an interesting guy two mm-hmm. books um just walking around Soho on a Sunday so yeah that was that was pretty attention seeking what about you oh well I've had an absolute nightmare so I have been here there and everywhere for the last well few days but I've not been carrying books around with me um, Mm. because I am weak and I've got arms like two pieces of cooked spaghetti Mm -hmm. and so I've downloaded a load of books to read on my phone which actually has been really good in how much I've been reading but nobody knows so my Mm -hmm. screen time last week on my phone so just just let me put this out there I read three books last week no you did not yes I did oh my god Sarah well done Thank you. Guess no what my screen time was? What? 12. 15 hours. 15. Holy shit, that is really bad. But and, I mean, um, if it's reading. The, well, that's what I like to think. That's mm. what, you know, what it is. That is what most of the hours have gone on. Um, but no one knows. It's been killing me. So I've just had to tell everyone. I've just been telling everyone. Yeah. Like, what have you been up to? Well, I've read three books this week, actually. Yeah, that's like old-fashioned attention-seeking, like before the printing press and before the internet. People just used to tell people stuff. And I think we should go back to that. Speaking of the books that I bought, one of them is our book for next week. I realised a flaw in our uh, drink idea because both of those books we'd read by the time yeah. we talked about the drink and I haven't read this one but it's it's called Memorial by Brian Washington it actually came out last year but the paperback came out this year so when we say latest releases like I'm gonna say latest paperback releases to save our yeah, it counts. <laughs> pocket yeah uh, so this is, I looked at loads and this was the one that st- stuck out to me it's a debut novel by Brian Washington um, it seemed, it's about this this these two guys who are in a relationship and then just judging from the blurb this is and uh one of them they're kind of deciding whether the relationship is going to continue one of them goes to japan and whatever i saw some parallels with mine and michael's relationship not the (laughs) fact that it's (laughs) we'll wait and see if it continues but just some funny stuff like one of the boys one of the boys uh boy (laughs) one of the boys lives with the partner's mother like where the partner's not there and that happened with us anyway that's boring um just sent me under (laughs) god's sake i don't know what's wrong with this so anyway we're gonna read memorial and i thought because it's Mm -hmm. part of it's set in japan I, i believe and it's um quite two quite well to two gay young professionals i thought and sarah you are you're gonna love this I'm really excited excited. to tell you. Uh, I don't know where we're going to source the ingredients, but we'll do it. So we're going to have a lychee and sake martini. Holy shit. How good is that, man? Oh, my God. I am so excited. What we can do is do it on it because we're recording on a Sunday today. We're both pretty hungover, I think. Actually, you're not, are you? You're just tired. But um, I was at my friend's last night. Um, So this tequila sunrise. Legend. (laughs) <laughs> this tequila sunrise is going down well but could be better so I think we should do this on a night where we're, we're feeling fresh AF it's basically a pre-drink oh, fresh artificial friend <laughs> love oh it all just comes back around doesn't it um yeah fabulous I actually can't wait for this book by the way we have an email address it's readingforattention at gmail.com please email book recommendations Tell us mm, what you think of the book. Drink recommendations. Drink recommendations, more importantly. Also, mm. I wouldn't mind one or two death threats because I do think that that 
shows that you've made it and that's a marker of success one uh-huh, and that is something that we could tell people so a yeah. couple of death threats nothing too violent just sort of an, an, a yeah. generalized death threat would be nice and then mm-hmm. we also have an instagram at reading for attention so follow that as well so sarah and i are going to reunite in the living room uh this is really strange that we haven't seen each other for so long and we're sitting in different rooms um so can't wait for that <laughs> and yeah we'll see you next week bye 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 honeys.